Through the years, I have learned that the multitude of good people around me are a rich source of information I need to know, especially as it pertains to what they see, think, and feel about my teaching and preaching. And I have learned that if I choose carefully the folks I rely on for that information, they will tell me the truth in love without judging too harshly because of something they might disagree with. So I began to ask just one question of more than 100 men and women from a broad range of ages, races, and at various stages in their spiritual development. Many are church leaders, their spouses and children. Some are fellow preachers, their wives and families. They live in different areas of the country and engage in very similar activities Sunday after Sunday as they strive to worship and serve the Father they deeply love. Often, after asking this one question, there would be an embarrassing silence. Then suddenly the door would burst open to release a flood of emotions that had been dammed up for a long time. Others, without a flicker of hesitation, reacted with sincere joy to be able to share their confidence in a loving grace of the Father they serve. Some would give me a puzzled look, trying to drill down to that place in themselves where we all conceal emotions we either fear or just don't want to deal with. This was the most common response among most of the men. Do you truly feel alive in your spirit? Now I ask you at the very outset of this journey, do you truly feel alive in your spirit? I realize how that question may pry into a private room where you and God sometimes meet, but you will see a little later why it's an important question we all need to confront within ourselves. If we are to get to the true holy ground in our own spirit, the first priority is absolute honesty with God and with ourselves. Although the myriad of answers I heard to the question were varied, they seem to fall into one of four broad categories. Here are the four most common categorical answers to that question for you to consider in your own heart. Now give this your full attention. A lot may be at stake in how you see yourself. Answer one. Yes, but intermittently. It's kind of like riding a scary roller coaster. Number two. Not really. Sadly, I have to confess that most of the time I just feel pretty dead inside. Number three. Every day is an awesome adventure with God. Number four, I'm not sure I understand the question. If I asked you to choose one of those four that you think represents what God had in mind for his human creation when he created Adam and Eve, would you have any trouble identifying it? Our first parents lived in a perfect environment, had a perfect relationship with each other, and enjoyed the daily sunshine of the Father's perfect love. Then Satan showed up. He brought with him the darkness of doubt, introducing it to them with a lie that appealed to their lack of spiritual experience. The result was the dissolution of all they had grown to know and love. Since we are all their offspring, Satan repeats the process in our lives that he first successfully tested in the Garden of Eden, and it still works. He gets our attention asks his questions, and begins the process of lies upon which all of us tend to build our lives until we meet Jesus Christ. I know many Christians whose lives reflect the love of God in beautiful ways. 
but even the most dedicated disciples of Jesus recognize they live every day in the cold-blooded presence of one committed to their downfall. I also know many sincere, well-meaning disciples who are just going through the motions while dragging along a nagging feeling that something critical is missing. They are aware of it and hate that feeling, but they are fearful to talk about it. That instinct to hide from God like Adam and Eve did is from Satan. He always distracts if he can get our attention, then promises what he cannot deliver. He often uses people we love to speak his words of discouragement at just the right moment.